Hey, this is Marv from Pods Like Us, and you're listening to Live Life Loud, the Decibolic Podcast. Encouraging you to take hold of your dreams and pursue your passions. From behind the scenes to center stage, travel with me through the United States and Ontario, Canada. I'll be sharing with you the best places to see, stay, and dine. Along the way, we'll have interviews with people rocking from their own backyard to performing on world tours, bringing inspiration for you to live life loud. This is episode 15 and the mid-season finale. A sincere and heartfelt thank you to everyone who has taken time to tune in, download, and listen to at least one episode of the podcast so far. This has been not only a great experience for me, but I've learned a lot. When I first began this plight, it would take me no less than eight days to be completely satisfied, or at least as satisfied as I could be, with getting an episode out and available for your listening pleasure. Often I would record my own parts, listen to it, not like it, go back and re-record because I wanted it to be just right. So as I mentioned at the beginning, we're going to be taking a mid-season break. I'll be releasing what was formerly a bonus episode featuring question and answers from Dylan Bowman of I Prevail, Dino Minoxlis of Ampeg, and Justin Babcock from Black Soul Swamp. This release did not have Dino in it originally and was only available as an early subscribers reward to those who became part of the Louder Life newsletter sign-up. This question and answer format will be rolled into episode Sweet 16. But let's get back to today, honoring Women's History Month. My guest interview is none other than my very own nine-year-old daughter, Serena May. It felt like this would be a fun take, having views expressed by somebody whose future is wide open. Also in this episode, we will have a special edition of When Insults Had Class, brought to you by the late, great Lady Astor. We'll get into a little history about her life and hear some exquisite slams that even a pro wrestler would have a hard time recovering from. I am happy to say I am now in possession of a new-to-me MacBook Pro 2014. Thank you, thank you, no applause, just money please, thank you. I've read on many forums, chat discussions, and the like about the 2015 MacBook Pro being the Mac of choice if you're going to go a little bit older. However, the 2014 model isn't too terribly far off the mark. It made this investment a bit more palatable. That word again, palatable. Mm. This update was vital in allowing me to get use of some of the software unable to use due to the limitations of my 2011 MacBook Pro. Declutter was decent to work with. I'd give them about a 3.5 out of 5 stars. The process was fairly quick, but a little infuriating. Initially, when I contacted them regarding issues with the 2014 MacBook Pro I had previously purchased, they had sent me an RA return authorization to get it back to them for a look over. However, they simply refunded me. Now, normally this would have been all right, but I had authorized that with a lot of my software, so I had to go back and jump through hoops with companies in order to reclaim those software rights and use them on the one that just arrived. And after I received a near-identical 2014 MacBook Pro from them, I got a return answer from their tech support saying that at the time they had no suitable 2014 MacBook Pros available to simply swap out and send me. The most hilarious part in all of this, I found a coupon for Declutter that gave me an even better discount 
than what I had received on the previous 2014 MacBook Pro. So all in all, I saved another $70 and in return received another MacBook Pro with all the same specs I had originally wanted in the 2014. The bottom line is if you can live without really being concerned about customer support, Declutter has some of the best pricing out there for reconditioned MacBook Pros. And now it's time for When Insults Had Class. On this episode of When Insults Had Class, we will be honoring Women's History Month by bringing you the very best of one Lady Astor. Lady Astor was the first woman to take her seat as an MP in the Westminster Parliament. She is nearly as famous for her scathing wit as she is for her political career. Lady Astor herself was quite capable of making original comments which were a hybrid between a surly retort and an epigram. As a noted nonconformist, she became increasingly at odds with party leadership which finally forced her out of politics. But not before leaving her mark on the Westminster Parliament her rivals, and the world. She was noted for exchanges with Winston Churchill. Churchill is supposed to have told Lady Astor once that having a woman in Parliament was like having one intrude upon him in the bathroom, to which she quickly retorted, you're not handsome enough to have such fears. <laughs> Lady Astor is also said to have responded to a question from Churchill about what disguise he should wear to a masquerade ball by saying, why don't you come sober? <laughs> And in another recounted exchange, Lady Astor once said to Churchill, If you are my husband, I'd poison your tea. To which he responded, Madam, if you were my wife, I would drink it. <laughs> Churchill was not the only one to find himself in the crosshairs of her sarcastic and sardonic wit. Clement Attlee, British politician who served as Prime Minister of the United Kingdom from 1945 to 51, and leader of the Labour Party from 1935 to 1955. To hear Lady Astor's take on Mr. Adley, she noted that he was a sheep in sheep's clothing, and perhaps, more mordantly, a modest man who has much to be modest about. This, however, would all be trumped by a favorite on Atley, who was a quiet, unassuming, but highly competent man. An empty taxi arrives at 10 Downing Street, and when the door opened, Atley got out. Here are some more fine examples from her unending wit. I married beneath me, all women do. In passing also, I would like to say that the first time Adam had a chance, he laid the blame on a woman. The only thing I like about rich people is their money. The penalty for success is to be bored by the people who used to snub you. Women have got to make the world a safe place for men, since men have made it so darned unsafe for women. <laughs> and finally, we women talk too much, but even then, we don't tell half what we know. And with this, we conclude today's lesson on When Insults Had Class. Hey, this is Dave with Live Life Loud Podcast, and I'm really excited to be on the show today with a very special guest, someone who I really wanted to have on here, 
So here today with me is my very own Serena. Hey, Serena, welcome to the show. Hello. It's great for you to be here. Yeah, I, I know that you were looking forward to doing this too. So thanks for making the time today on your day off to be able to spend it with your dad. I had nothing else to do. You had nothing else to do. Well, that makes me feel even better. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, what grade are you in? I'm in fourth grade. What kind of school are you at? I'm at a Spanish immersion school. Okay, talk to us about what, is, what does that mean? Spanish immersion is where like, you speak a different language than Spanish and you learn Spanish. Okay, so what you're saying is, is English is your first. Yes. But now you're also learning Spanish. How long have you been doing this? I've been learning Spanish for around five years. So you've grown up speaking Spanish? Yes. Why did you get into learning the Spanish language? I'm not sure, but it probably had something to do with me going to Costa Rica one day. So you've been to Costa Rica. What was one of the reasons why you ended up in Costa Rica? I ended up in Costa Rica because my mom was on like a missions trip or something. Does somebody else in your family speak Spanish? Yes, my mom. Tell me about that. Well, my mom lived in Central America for most of her life. Okay. She spent most of her years in Costa Rica. She was born in Florida. Oh, right. So born in Florida, and then she ended up in Costa Rica living there. Yes. Do you have any siblings that speak Spanish as well? Not much, but... No, not much. Oh, okay. Just like Isaac and Joy, my brother and my sister speak a little Spanish. They haven't been as immersed, for lack of a better word at this moment, as you have been with learning Spanish. Yes. Take us through a day in a Spanish immersion school. Do you do all of it in Spanish? How does it go? All right. So I start off my day with going into class. We do our morning work. Well, before that, we do specials. Sometimes specials are music, art, STEM, which is just like math, physical education. So how much of your day is spent in English? Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we have from 11 to 12 and 2.40 to 3.20 for English. Okay, so about two hours. Yes. And the rest of the time is spent in Spanish. Yes. Are there any other uh, electives or any other subjects that are mainly English? We have English language writing. History. We do have Michigan history. And is that done in English or is that done in Spanish? It is done in English. What about art? Art is also done in English. Okay, so that's, is there any cultural aspect to the art or is it just general art? Is there like Spanish culture or Latin culture influence in the art that you do? It's just basic art stuff. Do you have a favorite school subject? My favorite school subject is English language arts. Tell us about that. Why? Because I'm good at it. What makes you good at it? My mom says that I'm in fifth grade level writing. You're in fifth grade level writing. Mm -hmm. So you enjoy writing. Does your writing go beyond your time at school? Is that also one of your hobbies? Probably. I just don't do it much. Do you have a favorite hobby? My favorite hobby is playing with my cat, Luna. Luna. How old is Luna now? Luna is around a year and a half old. Tell us about him. 
He is a gray tabby with brown eyes. When did you get Luna? We got Luna when he was nine weeks old, around Christmas, maybe of 2019. You really like Luna. Yes. What what characteristics? What things make Luna so endearing to you? He's beautiful and he's a cat. Are cats your favorite animal? No, but I do like cats. They're my second favorite. Oh, what's your first favorite? My favorite animal is a deer because of how majestic they are, and I love how they live in the woods. So you'd like to live in the woods? No, but still. Oh, okay. I just thought I'd check on that. So, as a hobby, you do enjoy writing. What are some other hobbies that you like to do? I like to play video games. So, what are a couple of your favorite games? Persona Five Royal and Undertale. What do you like about them? Is there something that makes them stand out from the other games that you play? Undertale is really fun. You get to fight weird monsters. So are they both very similar? Is there a difference between Persona and Undertale? They are very different. Undertale is about a kid who falls down from the surface into this weird mountain that nobody ever comes up from. And Persona 5 is about this guy who has a weird, like, monster thing. How do they look graphically? Are, do they have similar aesthetics or similar looks to each other? Or is there a difference in how they look and how you interact with the game as well? There is a very big difference. Undertale is like pixely and not very realistic. So what, is, what does Persona 5 look like in contrast to Undertale? Undertale, ha- you can actually like see the pixel blocks that make up the characters. While Persona, you can't. Persona is like a... Th- 3D anime type. What else do you like to do? I know you've picked up a couple other hobbies along the way. Is there anything else that you still like to do every now and then occasionally besides those two? I like to bake cakes on special occasions. There's a really good cake that I like to bake. Oh, what's that? This chocolatey fudge cake. It tastes really good. How many times have you gotten to make this cake? I've gotten to make it two times. Do you buy it all in one box, or do you do everything from scratch? We actually make the cake by ourselves with cake pans, sugar, everything that you use to make a cake. So you don't buy a box and just pour it in. You mix all the flours, the sugars, every ingredient. Yes. What else do you do to the cake besides just baking those parts? We like to use fondant to decorate it. Have you used anything else besides fondant? On Christmas, we used candy canes to sprinkle on top of it. And did you use fondant then? We used buttercream to frost the cake. So you've done one with fondant and one with buttercream. Now, was the buttercream also homemade? Um, I'm pretty sure yes. Was there anything special surrounding the creation of either of these two cakes? The first one, it was my birthday. And the second one, it was Christmas. We made a baking video. You made a baking video? What was that like? Well, it was kind of awkward because I kept saying all right a lot. Do you have any activities you enjoy doing outside of the house? I like to ride my bike when it's warm outside. How long have you been riding your bike? I've been riding my bike for about like two months if you put it all together. So when you say riding, what do you, what do you mean? I learned how to actually like ride it and not like fall a week ago. I was riding a bike with training rules for probably like two years. After that, you started working on getting rid of the training wheels and just riding freeform. Yes, that was a two-month part. So it took you two months to 
get comfortable with riding a bike without the training wheels. Yeah. What was that like during the time? Did you think you were ever going to get there? Um, yeah, probably. Everybody else d- learned how to do it. So you, you felt that eventually you'd get the hang of it and be able to, to ride without having to rely on your training wheels. For like the first two weeks, I did not, but yeah. And how is it like as far as where you get to bike? Well, there is a parking lot of a church near, and I like to ride down the slope that goes down in the parking lot. Uh, do you like to just go as fast as you can and crash and burn? or, or... I like to go as fast as I can, but I don't crash and burn. Oh, that's good, because crashing and burning is never fun. I don't think I've ever fallen off of my bike. What is your favorite time of the year? My favorite time of the year is probably spring, like the middle of spring. Why is that? Because it's not too warm or too cold. Besides going for bike rides, do you enjoy doing anything else this time of year? Well, I like to help with the gardening sometimes. We have a garden in our backyard. You have a garden. How big is it? It's pretty small, but we grow a lot of plants like broccoli and raspberries. Any other favorites in that garden yet, or anything you'd like to plant out there? Well, I'd like to plant more flowers, but we have a lot of flowers. Wow, do you have just one flower bed? There are a couple. We have two at the front of our house, and two around the backyard. Our backyard has like a box, the broccoli and stuff, and then has a couple high fences with one low fence. Kind of like amoeba-shaped. So what is amoeba-shaped? It looks like a peanut. Oh, okay, got it. That helps me out. Have you ever tried playing any instruments? I've tried playing a small ukulele that I have and piano. It's like a guitar, but small. What have you learned on ukulele? Not much. Any other instruments? I like to try and play piano. What do you like about the piano? Well, it's just like a bunch of keys right in front of you and it's really easy to remember. I've learned to play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and Amazing Grace. Do you play it with a standard piano sound or is there another that you enjoy? I like to use the standard piano sound. So do you enjoy doing any other arts? You play music, you write. I like neurographic art. What is that? It's where you do like a bunch of lines that cross each other and sometimes you put little circles in and then you just curve out the edges of the lines, and then you color it in, and it's pretty. What do you find enjoyable about that? I find it enjoyable because it's really easy. Do you like geometry and shapes, or do you just just like something that's, you know, just relaxing? Something that I don't really have to think too hard about, just relaxing. Are there any activities you enjoy with your family? I like to play card games. There's a really cool card game called Gin Rummy. Yeah, give us your explanation of Gin Rummy. You get seven cards each and have to get pairs of three that are either the same ones with different, like, shapes, like diamond, clover, club, heart... Or they just have to be of the same color in order. The seven of clubs, the eight of clubs, the nine of clubs, and the ten of clubs. How often do you win? I win one out of 20 times. But you still enjoy playing? Yes. What makes it enjoyable for you? It's enjoyable because it's not boring.
Are there any other enjoyable because they're not boring games that you like to play? I like to play Uno. Mainly a lot of card games. Are there any board games that you enjoy? Trogdor. Tell us about Trogdor. So basically you have like a bunch of cards with little pictures on them that are like mountains, trees, houses, villages. And you have this character called Trogdor, which Mm -hmm. is a dragon who has to burn down the whole village. How does he do that? He burns down the whole village by going onto a tile and using one of his points, which allow you to move and burninate things, to burninate a tile. Does he get to burninate anything else? He gets to burninate soldiers. Soldiers? And peasants. So what happens when he burns a peasant? They get this weird crown of fire, and they run around, and whichever tile they land on, they burn an ape. So the object of the game, then, is to burn the entire set of panels which make up the board that you're playing on. Yes, the village. Do you set the village up the same every time, or how does that work? In the guide, there are pictures how you can set them up that are easy, normal, and hard. Does Trogdor have any enemies while he's playing the game or anything he has to watch out for? The Troghammer. Who else? The Archer. And what's so bad about Troghammer and the Archer? The Archer shoots the directions that he's facing, and Troghammer can smash Trogdor into outer space. So what happens when either he gets hit by the archer or the trog hammer? He loses a heart. Does he have the ability to gain hearts? Yes, by eating peasants. By eating peasants. This is a pretty violent game you're playing. No, there are more violent games. (laughs) Is there anything special you do that's different from what the rules suggest with this trogdor game? We like to put like a billion trogdors. A billion Trogdors. Yeah, there there are a lot of different Trogdors we have. So rather than using just a singular Trogdor like the game outlines, usually everybody who's playing will have their own Trogdor. Yes. Does that cause a lot of mayhem on the game board? Yes. Are there any other board games that you like? Oh yeah, I like to play Clue too. What draws you to playing Clue? I mean, that's a classic game. That's one that I grew up playing. I mean, I remember playing that when I was, well, when I was your age. I like it because it's like murder mystery. Are there any variations to Clue that you enjoy doing? I like to play Clue on like the Wii. How is that different playing on the Wii from being able to play it on the physical board game? People can actually cheat. They can cheat? Yeah. On the board game or on the Wii? On the Wii they can cheat. What? Way easier. (laughs) How so? (laughs) So when somebody is getting an item... Everybody has to close their eyes, and one person can just close their eyes like this. Oh, they can <laughs> peek. <laughs> I see. We also have the master detective version of Clue. How does that differ from normal Clue? Well, it has like 15 more characters. Oh, wow. So you have more suspects. Yes. Do you have more weapons? Yeah, you do. How about rooms? Yes, way more rooms. Way bigger mansion. Now, in traditional Clue, every person on the board starts at a designated spot. Like, Colonel Mustard has his location, Mrs. White. Is that the same on Master Clue? No, you all start in one area. Do you have to get back to that common area when you solve? I forgot. It's been a little bit. We should play that again then sometime, shouldn't we? Yeah. Maybe bust out the game and play it, see if Mom wants to play tonight? Yeah, sure. 
Now, there's something else you enjoy about Clue as well. The movie. Why do you enjoy the movie of Clue? Because you don't actually have to play the game. There are like a billion versions of how it could have ended at the end. How does the classic movie featuring Tim Curry hold up to movies that you watch today? It has multiple endings. Is there anything else you like about it? This is a spoiler alert. In one of the endings, the butler is the evil one, and he gets arrested. It's a murder mystery comedy. Do you enjoy comedies? Yes. I really like The Master of Disguise. It's very funny, and the main character's name is Pistachio. What makes Pistachio so funny to you? Because pistachios are a nut. And is he kind of a nut? Kind of. What about his nutty character is, is funny to you? He acts like a stereotypical nerd, but without the smart part. What other movies do you enjoy? I really liked Galaxy Quest. Tim Allen. Mm-hmm. Favorite character. The guy in Harry Potter played Dr. Lazarus in Galaxy Quest. Ah, yes. By Grabthaw's hammer, you shall be avenged. So you're talking about Alan Rickman. Are there other actors that you enjoy a lot? Like particular actors that you find funny or that you really enjoy watching? Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. What do you like about Jim Carrey? He played Eggman in the Sonic movie. What other movies have you watched him in? Lemony Snicket's Series of Unfortunate Events. Now, for that, you've watched the Lemony Snicket's movie, but you've also watched the television show, the one that was done for Netflix. How do they compare? They have different actors. Is there anything particular that makes one more enjoyable than the other, or are they about the same for you? Well, the movie leaves out a lot of details and a part that is in the middle of the TV series is at the end of the movie. How do you like the ways that Count Olaf were portrayed by the two different actors, both Jim Carrey in the movie and on the Netflix show? I liked Jim Carrey in the movie because he did this weird thing that wasn't even in the script, and it was really funny. He does a dinosaur imitation. (laughs) What other movies do you enjoy? I really enjoyed Knives Out. Knives Out. I liked Knives Out because it similar to Clue. I've talked a lot about live action. Do you enjoy animated movies as well? I really like this one animated movie called The Iron Giant. If you haven't seen The Iron Giant, I highly recommend it, regardless of your age. What would you like to do with your life in the future? I'd like to become an actress. Do you have any role models when it comes to being an actress or to acting? Not really. No? But I do want to be like Jim Carrey. Do you have any big plans for this summer? We finally got through the whole year of having to live inside the house and not do much else. I'm pretty sure we're going to go to Mackinac Island this summer. What makes that idea enjoyable to you? I want to ride in a carriage. Well, Serena, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to Live Life Loud, the Decibolic Podcast. We hope you'll join us again and be sure to let your friends and family know about us. To find out more, visit decibolic.com and sign up for our Louder Life newsletter. The views and opinions expressed during this episode are those of our guest and host alone. Remember, wherever the road takes you, live life loud. loud.